Welcome to the Wrestle Down Sunday edition. It's always going to be Sunday from now on. Uh, not when you're listening to this, because it's going to take a little while for me to upload it. <laughs> By that, I mean send it to somebody who uploads it. Uh, we find a guy at the docks, and then we put the file on a USB in that order, and then we have him do the uploading. And then he, uh, you know, we just try URLs until we find the one that's this week's episode. And then we'll put it on our Twitter handles. Um, I am uh, Jer Palapal, twitter.com swing dangling. This is my co-host. It's Docky Dennis. I Moonlight is the guy who uploads the videos. <laughs> yeah, on the docks. <laughs> <laughs> Where the real wrestling happens. Uh, <laughs> we're here to present the Wrestle Down, which is yep. our podcast where we go about the best things we saw in wrestling that week. Uh, how you doing, Dennis? I am. Uh, I'm doing much better. I had an interesting week outside of just the prof- world of professional wrestling, but I'm happy to share that uh, I have felt much better about wrestling in general today, uh, basically because of NJPW, but we will get to that. Yes, we will. Um, so let's... Uh, so we've been doing this for I think it's been over a year now with yes. like a, a COVID uh, uh, hiatus for a bit. Um, but we've been doing while we try and try a new format. So what we're going to do is we're going to list out what we uh, watched this week. And we'll fucking talk about whatever we watched. Who knows? Maybe we'll have some stuff that like overlaps. Maybe we won't. Yeah. Uh, Des, do you see my screen? Absolutely. Oh, wrong thing that I wanted. I can. There we go. Boom. All right, Dennis, what did you watch this week? I watched uh, NJPW's uh, oh, I, Jingu Collision, the, the special that aired. Summer Struggle, I think. Is, Summer uh, Struggle. Yeah. At Jingu I, Stadium. Yep. Um, I watched that. I watched highlights of SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch SummerSlam itself. I watched the whole thing. I watched part of Slammiversary. Okay, nice. Uh, that's... Impact Slammiversary. And I have found on Twitch uh, a couple streams that just show on a loop the episodes of Monday Nitro from 1998 up to the year 2000. Nice. Just a, just random streams. All right, let's see if I can make this bigger. It does follow in order. Um, the, when I started watching, they were up to 1998. And last time I tuned in, it was like late 99, almost 2000. Nice, nice. So I think they're going in order with Nitro and Thunder, but um, if you miss a day, you miss a week. Yeah, that makes sense, though. I mean, you know, it's not it's not an on-demand service. No. Who would make one of those? Who would know? <laughs> Who, Who would know we how? ask you? Who would have the know-how to do such a thing? Bruce uh, so... Pritchard. He could do anything. <laughs> um, so uh, what I watched this week, I watched the New Japan Summer Struggle. I watched WWE SummerSlam. I watched. I I knew we were covering Impact, but I was watch. I watched Impact. Um, what what was it called? It was, what's the weekend week show called? Impact. Explosion. It used to be Explosion. Yeah. What is there? The TV. Oh, it was Emergence Night Two. Uh, it's almost as if you're saying that they don't have consistent branding. <laughs> they do now. They. I. I hope. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. I watched the DDT King of DDT Finals. Nice. Um, and let's see. There, I feel like there was one more other thing, but I don't. 
let's see, SummerSlam. Uh, New Japan. Oh, I watched uh, NJPW Summer Struggle, um, the 826 show, the Road to Summer Struggle, whatever it was called. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was the, yeah, you want to, let's, uh, let's put them down like that. And then new format does things good, I think. I Get ready, know. folks. When he hits that button, we're going to look very different. <laughs> Boom. Bold ah! test. All right. Oh, yeah. Uh, where do you want to start, man? Let's start with the Summer Struggle show before Jingu Stadium. Okay. Yeah. Did you watch uh, any of those? Or I watched the one that was like the King of Pro Wrestling, um, you know, first round thing. Yeah. I didn't get the chance to catch that. I basically caught up with that as I was watching Summer Struggle. Okay. Uh, maybe I can pull up something. Do, do, do. Do, do, do. Yeah, which is, you're pulling that up as far as I remember was Satoshi Kojima versus El Desperado in a no finishers match. Uh, yes. Uh, Toru yeah. Yano versus uh, Ibushi in a, was it um, short ringouts or was it fast pinfalls? Uh, fast pinfalls. Right, two count pinfalls. Um, it was Kazuchika Okada versus uh, Tokyo Pimp in a lumberjack belt match. Yep. I'll just and, pull up the image here. And then a mutually agreed on submission match between Sho and Sonata. Yes, yeah. Um, I wish it was easier to find. Uh, oh yeah, let's do this one. This is the what the finals wound up being. Um, yeah. do, 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 do. Can I put this in its own? So yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, Yano yeah. Okada, Sonata, and Elsa Desperado won. Yep, yeah. It was, okay, open image, new tab. I know how computers work. I can do them. Uh, yeah. Um, El Desperado baited Kojima into giving him a lariat, so he won by disqualification, yes. which is the best heel way I've ever heard of to win a match. Yes, a match with, a match where they couldn't use their finishers, and Kojima nearly screwed up a couple times. Um, yeah, Yano got a quick pinfall, even though his legs were duct taped together, uh, because that was how um, his opponent tried to win via countout. Yep, he got in quickly and reversed a roll up because he's a skilled wrestler in addition to being a goofball. Sure is. Just like our mascot, Keaton the Kitten Man. Yeah, um, he always gets his food. Exactly. Uh, Okada beat one of three-on-one handicap match because, of course, um, and Sonata and show was a good submission match, man. Uh, I don't think any of this these first-round matches were really worth going out of your way for, but I found them entertaining enough. You know. I mean, I, we've talked about this specifically in the Wrestle Down before and offline. Ibushi is just a guy who's in a spot in the company who has a specific role every time he wrestles versus being able to really kind of surprise you. Yeah. Right. So Yano winning makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, show they're building up through losing, which I think is smart. I think certain talents over time, like Jericho, Flair, Christian, have proven that you can be more valuable as someone who can lose on your way to stardom. Yep, totally. Um Okada being winning was an obvious thing. It's like a it's a payoff for because he got the pin over Gato, who betrayed him like twenty years ago, um, seemingly thanks to yep. COVID. And yeah, we talked about Desperado. So this wound up being a match on the um, on the Summer Struggle Stadium show. Which uh, what did you think of the show overall? I have watched in full this match in the main event. I haven't seen all of it, Ooh, but okay. uh, what I like so far, the biggest thing that I appreciate about it is the atmosphere as opposed to indoor arenas. Yeah, I love that. It was a, it was uh, in a baseball stadium. Um, Jingu. Yeah. I wonder if I can 
Maybe if I get the results up on NGPW. I should think these through earlier, but I'm not going to do that. Folks, I, as we do this on video more often, it's going to look so good that <laughs> you're going to get, as a fan once told Jer, such ridiculous eye boners that you're going to come through your Oculus. Yeah, that's the thing that happened when I was at a WWE show. And that's he loved Kelly Kelly so much that he swore he was going to come through his eyeballs. No, no, that's not what happened at all. Go um, ahead. It was uh, somebody was wait. It was like a raw in. I don't even know what year, but the guy was like, if Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out, I'm going to shit my pants and come through my eyeballs. There you and, go. Uh, yeah, if he, oh boy, it's just so, I'm just so glad that's not what happened. One yeah. of my favorite memories of that show was that Rey Mysterio had recorded a commercial for a laser tag game. Yeah. And you and I watch it and like we're huge media consumers anyway of just like anything comedy, pro wrestling. And I've played at home laser tag, have you? Uh, I have not. It It's not as fun as it is if you go to, like, a place for laser tag, but of it's course. okay. Yeah. And Mysterio is doing the hard sell during this video. He's outside in, like, a kid's backyard, assuming the kid is watching him have fun without him. <laughs> and at one point, Mysterio, he's, like, jumping, diving, doing all these athletic things, wearing the laser tag vest. It zooms close frame into the laser tag vest being tied to a pole. <laughs> It zooms the fuck out, and he goes, you can even play with yourself! <laughs> and I cannot think of anything more depressing than a kid not having a friend, or an adult not having a good enough friend, tying of tying, oh no, don't play laser tag with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So yeah, the Jingo uh, Stadium show was a fun time. I, I really enjoyed this one. It's very compact compared to, like, um, most big new japan shows which are usually filled with like a few uh multi-man tags some young lions you know getting a an opening match or something like that this was six matches uh intermission in between them nice under three hour show uh opening with watto taking some drop kicks as i have put on the screen i'm sorry you didn't say his name right can you say his full name i'm sorry uh way to the grandmaster watto what does that mean it means everything <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's so, we still don't know. Yeah, well, uh, listen, man, he's got a long career ahead of him and a lot of flip to do's to do on the way. So uh, he does do in. good flip to do's. Yeah, he has a very cool move set. Um, he does. Yeah, it was a good opening match. I, you know, oh, this is this is when he found love. <laughs> yeah, it happens. You know, uh, you can see how distant the crowd is <laughs> in the stadium, but it was kind of cool having like a daytime. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's so happy. Katamaru well, is so jealous. Yeah, that's why he won the match out of sheer rage of jealousy. Uh, no. Yeah. No, Wado won. Oh wait, no, no, Wado didn't win. He did. He didn't. No. Oh, I didn't. I didn't watch it yet. Sorry. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. You don't mind the spoilers, though, right? Oh no, not at all. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Wato did not win this one. Uh, wow. Yeah. He, good for them. Yep. Good for Katamaru getting a rare. Uh, you know, a singles uh, win because yeah. he doesn't have too many of those. No. Uh, apparently, the Satori Sunrise move that normally would be one where he drinks some whiskey and then spits it in his opponent's face uh, ha now has a COVID sponsor or a COVID, uh, you know, healthy. Workaround? Yeah, workaround, which is not spitting his face, just throwing a fucking whiskey bottle at his opponents. I love that. Yeah. That's so um, much more violent than Suzuki Goon. I think it's, you know, I think it's a fake whiskey bottle, though, because he 
he dropped it at one point and it bounced. Yeah. Um, I don't want, let's be clear. Yeah. I don't think either one of us want a glass bottle being chucked at somebody. I know. It's just like, wow, you broke the illusion a second after Kevin Kelly uh, covered for you a little bit there. Yeah. But no, good match. Grandmaster Watto is on his way to the Grand Mastery, uh, such as his name. Yeah. Maybe that's why it's, his name is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I like his look, even though it doesn't match his, the, you know, the tone of his name at all. How do you mean? I don't know. I don't think of Grandmasters as wearing uh, pants that look like they're falling down. He's got boxer <laughs> crane undies, and he just really wants you to know about him, Matt. Ooh, whoops. What did I do there? Oh, there we go. You're right. They are crane. Maybe he's sponsored by Twitter. We don't know. No, he's um, sponsored by the way to the Grandmaster. <laughs> yeah, how do you think you get there? You fly like a crane, baby. Yeah, it's, it's the only way to be. Um, whoops. But yeah, what did you think of this match? Um, um, I, th I think you said, but... Yeah, I think it was a good match. It's a good opener. You know, they're... Uh, Kanemaru is a, a grizzled veteran, and Wados is like a, you know, just fresh from excursion. Uh, effectively, he's a young lion, and he's still figuring his shit out. Um, his, his moves his, are great. So he's got, like, athleticism that can overcome the limitations that Katamaro has as like an older guy yeah. and katamaro has got the psychology and can get himself and Watto over as an underdog. So yeah. it was a good opening match. Uh, I was very satisfied with it. It's kind of cool seeing a daytime audience too in the outdoors. Daytime, the, the natural light adds so much to it. Cause I think really is like North American fans are conditioned to, I don't really think AAA or the Lucha promotions do a lot of outdoor stuff. Um, yeah. CZW and smaller Indies do, but Usually when it's like a big company, big event, it's only WrestleMania. Yeah. So right. I agree. NGPW really nailed it with uh, how they, I mean, you, you showed it in the first photo. The fans weren't super close to the ring. They were sitting in the baseball stadium, but they were close enough to the action that they were safe enough. Um, they couldn't, they still through NGPW's COVID procedures couldn't yell out loud, but they could like clap and stop. Yeah. It's weird. Um, you watched the main event. Do you think they were piping in crowd noise? Yes. Because it definitely sounded like fake crowd noise. There was. There were yeah. different dips where there was nothing happening, and then suddenly you heard a wave of cheering. Yeah. Like, sometimes I'd be like, okay, I see people booing, so they might be making noise. But then, like, there would be a ton of crowd noise, and then there would be silence immediately. Yes. They, they absolutely were piping in. Yeah, it definitely sounded like it. So, yeah, you watched this match, though, the King of Pro Wrestling 2020 Finals. So I did, and the first thing I want to say about it is what I think really separates New Japan commentary apart from most other companies is that um, Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton were the announcers for this. Yep. They call these matches in English as if you were listening to it in Japanese, which yes. is a remarkable style because Yano came out and didn't do anything particularly funny for his entrance. He just acted afraid of his fireworks. Yes. But they sold it like they thought it was the funniest thing they've ever seen. Right. And Japanese comedy is very much slapstick. In Yano's case, he embodies a lot of, like, in professional wrestling tropes, silly things a guy does to get laughs. Mm -hmm. And Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton basically translated, this is why it's funny to this audience. And I just, I really like that. Yeah. I thought it was a good match. Like, you don't see it too many four ways in New Japan. No. So it was like nice. Yeah, Kevin Kelly really did a good job putting it over. Uh, Charlton, too, uh, being very excited for this new title 
and we'll see how it goes as uh, Yano won it, as he should have, because he's the one who will probably come up with the best uh, like, stipulations. At least, yeah, at least in character, it makes sense for him to have weird stipulations and weird matches uh, to go with all the defense that he's going to do. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree with that. What I also, I just want to, I want to loop it back to commentary because Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton told the commentary story the entire time of yeah. what the four men's motivations were, which show, or not show, Sonata didn't really come up. Okada did because it was his idea. Desperado mm-hmm. came up because he cheated to get there. And Yano got put over because he but mostly like silly and never did the commentary sincerely hint that they thought Yano would win. Right. Including through the three count. Like the three count got called and they didn't react for like five, ten seconds on purpose. It was really well done. Yeah. Yeah. It was a surprise roll up win on Okada. Uh, Yano might be one of the only wrestlers in the world to have pinfall wins over Okada, Omega, Moxley, uh, Jay White, and I assume Naito. I don't remember. Uh, he's definitely beaten Naito in G1s. Okay. That's what I thought. I couldn't remember specifically. He's got such a great like record against all these great wrestlers. He's owed a IWGP uh, title shot. So I, I totally agree with you. And honestly, I feel like he is, he's not the same level of worldwide renown or in-ring technician like resume as Chris Jericho, as far as he hasn't had like classic matches like Jericho has. Totally. Yeah. But he's at a point in his career, Emily Pratt on Twitter nails this all the time where she's basically said he's the best wrestler NJPW has and no one's talking about it Yeah, because they usually spotlight Okada, Naito, or uh, Ibushi, Tanahashi, or like the body guys, the all around guys. Right. Yano's not a body guy on purpose. And honestly, I was thinking about this when I was watching the match. He's the best in the world at comedy wrestling. Mm -hmm. He's so good. He can shoot, beat you. Yep. And that beca- that comes from his amateur background. He legitimately could pin it, pin any of these guys. Yeah. And of the four guys in this match, it's probably him and Sonata who are in the best shape to be able to like technically manipulate everyone else. Mm-hmm. So he can believably win. He just chooses to cheat because it's more entertaining. Yes, he's a silly style wrestler, but he can wrestle. Yeah. That's what makes him fascinating, and what makes him like dangerous in the G1 as a spoiler. Yeah. In, in present-day terms, and if you're a new fan to NJPW, which I am, if you go back in time to NJPW archives and watch him in previous G1s, he, you'll sometimes find him where he's still kind of comedy, but he's more serious, and he has bleach blonde hair, and he uses chairs, but not in the same silly way. Yeah. He was a legitimate fucking badass. Yep. Like, yeah. he, was, he was in Great Bash Heel as a heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, uh, got, he's got credentials. It's just like somewhere along the way, he just got more comfortable doing silly stuff yeah and i mean more power to him it makes him very unique on a new japan roster that's like 70 percent strong badass guys and he is he just chooses not he plays it different almost like um tyler breeze like tyler breeze is very good at playing silly because he's so good technically yeah same with cesaro cesaro can do anything in the ring but if he just wants to fucking European uppercut you and drink coffee, you can't also out-wrestle him. Right. You can beat him. You can't out-wrestle him. Exactly. Um, and I wanted to put this up because uh, Okada has not been having a lot of success with his new Money Clips mission hold. Uh, I mean, good for him for trying to switch up his game, but it's not uh, not as dynamic as the Rainmaker so far. Boo, 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 boo. This is the Okada submission lightning round. <laughs> Do you think this is better than Red Ink or not? 
Redick is the what the um Cobra SDF player? he does. Oh that SDF, right. I forgot how they he like keeps getting fucking submission moves and they don't really get over. No, um which is why he keeps moving on. Yeah. Um I don't know, I think this one it's not my favorite, but I think it's like more unique. Uh especially now that it has a name rather than just being called like a Cobra Clutch, like which it really isn't. Uh some kind of variation of one. So I'm fine with it. I think the story of the G1 might wind up being like him returning to the Rainmaker or something like that. Um, I agree. I think that this, I think that the move is getting over for the purpose of him having a different weapon when he challenges Naito. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you might be right in terms of the G1 being his return to the Rainmaker, but you know, return to form. I think a rematch with him and Naito is probably what's going to main event Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Um, and it, it, that's part of why this match is so good for Yano, because Yano is great in a vacuum, but if you mm-hmm. give him some motivation, he actually, well, actually, it's not even about him. It's about his opponent's going to have to adapt to a wacky stipulation. Right. So Yano continues to do the best thing he's he's good at, which is be an entertaining comedy wrestler. Yep. Totally. All right. Next match, we had Shingo Takagi versus Minoru Suzuki, which was fucking badass. I, I know you didn't say, you said you didn't see it it's the never open weight championship uh suzuki won it which is a big surprise to me he like hadn't done anything of note for uh a while yeah even pre-covid yeah and now he's a never open weight champion that's the way it should be in some ways but chingo was a great champion too yeah i think that chingo is being very meticulously built up by new japan booking where he came in like a house of fire in the juniors he went undefeated in the super juniors until the finals and he only lost to New Japan God Will Ospreay. Yep. He premiered in the G1 and had more losses than wins, which you called on a previous episode of the Russell Down. You were just like, I think you're, I think what you're missing is that new guys to the G1 don't win a lot. That's part of the story. Yeah. But yeah. since he went on to become a double, he was a double champion before Naito, which nobody mm-hmm. talks about. He became the six man never open weight champion and then the open weight champion before Naito won both titles. Yep. Yeah, um, he's he's being very slowly decorated. You're right, and I think this G one's going to be one where he breaks out in terms yeah. of like getting more wins. Like even uh, not this, uh, the main event of this show, Naito wins the title back. Um, yeah, it was a fun time, and um, even like teasing the idea of Naito uh, Shingo, if like he gets anywhere near winning the G one, is tantalizing. Yeah, even if he like beats Naito and then winds up having a match with him at you know whatever that one of the filler episode, uh, one of the filler pay per views in mm. the fall, um, if they still do those with the schedule being off and everything, right, would be like uh, a really exciting match, a new matchup that we haven't seen before. Yeah, It'd be really nice. Um, I mean, I think you're right in the way that it's scheduled right now with New Japan that it we're recording this as of um, the end of August, and mm-hmm. the G1 is scheduled for October, I believe. If not November, I so think they... September. September, damn! That's even. I mean, as a fan, that's even more exciting. Yeah, I, I'm like pretty sure. I, I'll look it up right now. But yeah, I mean, part of my brain is pre-COVID of like they announced the G1 for October because of the Olympics. Yeah. So they may have moved it up because they shifted schedule around. So I think you're right. Uh, end of September. So we were kind of both right in a way. Yeah. So you're. I think you're bang on. Is that. Any uh, like mini event they choose to do is filler between now and then, which is almost like anime. We're used to filler, so yeah. Oh, I, but we know that the big payoff is going to be the opening round of the G1. Yeah, uh, September nineteenth. So, ooh, 
Yeah, exactly. We're just like two weeks of, you know, two and a half weeks of waiting around and then we'll see. I don't think they've even announced uh, their participants yet. And I think it's going to be a weird shit field. You read my mind. So I was going to say, when we're done recapping this event, let's say who we think the 16 are going to be. Oh, that's going to be, isn't it usually 20 at this point? It is 20, yes. Yeah. Okay. You're right. But they might bring it down to 16 because like they can't import people. We'll see. It's yeah. hard to tell because uh, I've heard that uh, in September, like people with visas can come back to Japan. That's so, good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we can do a guess on that too quickly through the rest of the thing because you didn't yeah. watch anything other than, excuse me, the main event. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and we also have so many other shows to go through. Uh, Roman Takahashi versus Taiji Ishimori. Ooh, juniors doing things where they reverse each other and Romu had no answers for anything that Taiji threw at him. It was not a squash, but it was like a thrilling, like just watching him try to come up from behind a bit. Can you do me a favor and go back to the first image? Yeah, sure. Uh, was it this one? Yeah. Here's how over and how much I love Time Bomb. Mm -hmm. What's on his right leg? Uh, Daryl the cat. What's he wearing? A raincoat. Uh, oh, cool. I saw Loopy's hat from uh, One Piece. Oh, but that might be. I don't know. I'm not a One Piece guy, so I don't... Uh, but if that is, it wouldn't surprise me. Point being, like, the, the reason why I wanted to zoom in on that is that, like, in 2020 wrestling, where everything's so fucking off the wall anyway, Time Bomb is perfect because he's fighting as the ch defending champion with a cosplaying cat on his tights, and he's so <laughs> fucking over. I know. He's, I mean, it's part of the, what makes him endearing is that he's so off the wall and funny, but also he can, like, he can go as a wrestler. Yeah. Even despite his, like, neck injuries and shit, which is endearing. Yeah, I mean, he his offense is so explosive that he... One of my favorite matches he's ever had in New Japan was when he beat Kushida in under a minute. Because it's just like, no, if you don't take him seriously, he kills you. Yeah. Yep. And he tried to do it here, but then Ishimori did a fucking backflip out of this move. Out of I this love power Ishimori. Box. Yeah, I know. He's, he is, I think he's going to hold the title for a while and it's going to be very, uh, uh, very, it's going to be a good reign. Yeah. yeah. You look so sad. I know. He's so brutal. Uh, oh god yeah so then we had the tag team title match which was a rematch I could watch uh, I highly recommend this match because I could watch these two teams maybe another two or three times yeah uh, they're they have really great chemistry uh, Kota Ibushi Hiroshi Tama Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi my yeah. man Taichi you love Taichi of course I do how could you not he sings his own theme song like Sasha does Banks. he <laughs> just like Sasha Banks <laughs> See, Sasha, like, it's because it's in a studio. Like, I'm used to just people karaokeing in life. Yeah. So when she does it, it doesn't, like, stand so, out. When Taichi does it, I'm just like, he doesn't even care. It's so when, I, when I said it, it was a joke. Uh, she doesn't actually sing her own theme song. Oh, I know. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, but she's mouthed the words like a oh, lot yeah. of wrestlers have. But, True. like, Taichi's whole gimmick is that he, he is beating you over the head with how much he's not doing it. But he yeah. would beat you up if you told him he was faking. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, this is like a really closely contested tag match. Four great wrestlers. Yeah, I said it. Uh, all, they are. Yeah, all four. I mean, people might have their doubts about Tai Chi, but I think like he's fat. Yeah. Like I, I'm gonna cut to the quick on that because he has a doughy frame. He yeah. uh, he can't execute moves the way that other people do because he's not in the same shape. Right. And he doesn't move his body the same way. But also his look is part of what makes him so unique. Like. He's not going to be able to do fucking Kenny Omega like speed runs or be as technically good as Zack Saber, but because he's who he is, 
he's basically like he's an asshole Yano who tries harder but doesn't want to let you know he's trying as hard as he can. Yeah. So he works really well with Zack Saber, who is as good as he says he is. He's just really light. Exactly. Yeah. There he's he's a character guy. Yes. Yeah. He gets you over and gets makes him a very good uh a very good foil for a guy like Tanahashi or Ibushi who are like uh white meat baby faces. And uh-huh. they do, and they they plant seeds that are true off of like extensions of their character. Like he doesn't have um, Mio Abe as a valet anymore. She, at least on paper, is with um, the coach now, and right. they haven't even revisited that yet. So there's just like little things that you can do with them that you can't do with other people. Yeah, yeah, he's got a lot of things. He's a, he's a troll, and that's one. Yeah. And then we have the main event, the rematch between Naito and Evil. Naito I, played by a chair. Yeah. Um, it's like well, he's uh, he's cosplaying his chair face from uh, ah! the animated series. Chair face. <laughs> Spoon. He's gonna write his name on the moon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and evil's gonna help. Uh, that's what uh, it means to be in the same faction. Can you go back one image? Yeah, sure. Uh, evil is is cosplaying as a Mario Kart track because if you <laughs> run over him, you go really fast. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, what you think? <laughs> what you think of this main events? Uh too long. It's it's the yeah. same thing that we we talked about the last time they wrestled, which Kevin Kelly said was thirty eight minutes long. Yeah, they really needed to get to the point where Ibushi and Sonata got involved faster, mm-hmm. um, because everything in between was painful. Uh, Naito's still very slow, even though he can go very fast. He can't yeah. sustain how fast he he used to go. Right, and, and yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. Evil has no heat behind his moves. I love Evil. The the crowd does not believe he's going to win. No, yeah. Um, this definitely felt like this was a filler arc. Yeah. Uh, to just get them through the summer, get yeah. them back from COVID, do something yeah. shocking. Um, Dick Togo with his headlock. Yeah. Um, you're right. I think I was fine with the match up until, or all the way through, but you're right. It's too long. I, the match time officially is 26 minutes 20 seconds. It felt much longer. I could have thought this morning it was like a 40 minute match. It felt like it because yeah. it, it's the same thing that happened with the Naito-Kenta match after Bristol Kingdom. Um, those two can go. They technically are very accomplished and experienced but you can't put them in a long match without it showing. Yeah. Um, I, in the negative, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really tough to uh, you know do a match that's that long and I think for whatever reason, New Japan thinks that they need these epic confrontations when they don't need to. It would be so satisfying if it was like if you cut like ten minutes off the the front of the match and then got to the point where you know all the Bullet Club people were interfering and then uh, Lij came in to save Naito and then Naito won it on his own. Uh, you know, it, it would tell the same story and be probably more satisfying, less like sitting on your hands and less obvious uh, crowd like pumping in uh, fake crowd noises. Yeah. Um, I think what is an interesting parallel in discussing the rhythm in booking of this match is at, at least from how like the physically wrestled part of it is we complain so much. I complain so much about how WWE matches are really good until the finish. Mm-hmm. And this was really okay until the finish. Yeah. And then the finish was excellent. So it's, if you would borrowed like the same, best-in-class, fast-paced action that, like, an NXT main event can do. Like, if you had Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano-style action between these two, they're not the same people. But if you had, like, if Evil's analog would be Timothy Thatcher, even though it's not the same technical, 
Yeah. Um, and Naito was Adam Cole or Johnny Gargano. This would have been fucking banger. This would have yeah. been five stars, Jingo Dome. Yeah. Um, but because it took so long for Bushi and Sonata to get involved, because we we had to know it was Kevin Kelly was just like, well, how's he going to counter Dick Togo? Like, okay, so there's going to be interference. Yeah. And that's fine. I don't necessarily need to know how the sausage is made to enjoy the barbecue, but I want to, I want to bite. Like, I want to get started. I am still stunned that whenever Sonata is in a high-pressure emotional situation, you cannot pay him to emote. <laughs> he literally comes in, helps save Naito, grabs fucking Gato by the beard or whatever the fuck, and then just monotone points. I don't know how you yell in a monotone, but he did it. Yeah. He yelled in monotone at Naito, you can do it. And then just like took Gato, and I'm just like, he, baby faces are so stupid. Yeah. Like, you're right there. The referee is somehow not seeing all of this interference so that Naito could win the way he won four years ago. And you're leaving. You guys, like, you deserve to fuck. You blew this. But Naito well, won. Well, they left because they were they dragged the Bullet Club guys out with them. Yeah, and I mean, their their role as baby faces was to do that so Naito could win through white meat baby face yep. perseverance. But, like, they're LIJ. They play both sides. Right. I, don't know, I was fine with all that. That didn't yeah. bother me um, at all. I thought it was an exciting last seven minutes of this match, you know, yeah. and deserve well deserved for Naito to get his titles back. Yeah. Um, now that the filler arc is over and the manga has commenced writing again. Yeah. Um, I was disappointed it only took one Destino to put down Evil because I think that means that they devalued who could have been like a believable heel in the G1. Yeah. I think that that's fair, though, because, like I said, it, Evil's moves didn't have any heat on him, so I think he's going to sink back to the mid-card now. No, I think he, I think he's going to be a threat in the G1, I think. But I don't know how... Uh, I don't know if he's going to win, but I think he's going to no. come close. I think it's he's, he might make it to the finals. I don't I, know if he'll win it. No, I, I agree with you that he's not going to be booked like Chingo was last year. Right. Because it'd be silly to make him win the title and then not be yeah. booked strong. I think he'll do better than Jay White, and I think that'll prove to be pretty fun and maybe have Jay White be a face at Wrestle Kingdom. Right. But I don't think he's going to be... He might be Final Four. Yeah. Um, I think that they have some more interesting stories to tell with four specific people, but let's mm. let's talk about the lineup. Oh, okay, yeah. Let's, who do we think is going to be in the G1? All right. Um, I mean, first and foremost, in whatever way we're going to be tracking this, um, if we want to just, like, ticky-type out... Um, yeah, sure. I like can. names so that we have like a numbered list. I think top of the list with a bullet is Kazushka Okada. Okay. Well, yeah, that's yeah. Let's do some obvious ones. Yeah. Um. All of Lij. Um. But my the only caveat I put there is Time Bomb. I it depends on how many people can come in. You really think Bushi's going to be in the? Um, yeah, Bushi. The Bushi, the one with the mask. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. I I'm sorry. I. I, I literally forget about him. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think Hiromu is a good uh, a good question mark because they think, did just put over that he like held his own in the New Japan Cup yeah. during his match. But he's a junior. But on the other hand, they're very shortchanged on talent. So I yeah, don't know. I think that he if they if they include him, it'll be the same kind of excitement that they had when Osprey was the junior champ last year. Yeah. Um. And I think evil's a lock. Oh yeah, evil's a lock for sure. Unless he unless he has an injury we don't know about. Right. Evil's in it. 
Um, so those are some people I think. Who you got? Yeah. Um, I think Osprey's coming back. Um, I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's, it doesn't make me happy. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it last episode. Yeah. Go back and watch the last episode if you want to hear it, why. And uh, it's a scumbag. Yeah. This is a. I spent a lot of time this week talking to people about how there are certain things that you can do to demonstrate your support of certain communities. Like we mm-hmm. talked about speaking out. Yeah. I bought a Pollyanna pin, so that's nice. my that's my version of supporting uh, believing the victims. And yeah. um, I bought it off of Veta Scott's uh, merch site, so I supported two people, Pollyanna, and I supported Veta Scott. Nice. Both. It's good not people. hard. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Evil Osprey. Uh, I mean, Ishii's a perennial guy. Yeah. It's thrown in there. Yano. Um, Yano as well. Uh, I would go. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm talking over. It's all right. Yeah. Um, Suzuki wasn't in it last week. Oh, sorry. He wasn't (laughs) in it last week. He definitely wasn't in it last week. Uh, They missed a lot of people in last week's G1 Climax (laughs) tournament. Um, None of the guys we just listed on this text pad. are in we're in last week's G1 climax and I don't know why. Can we pause briefly? Yeah. Suzuki is legitimately so good. Yeah. He could carry a storyline about why he was mad he wasn't invited to last week's G1. <laughs> People would have to fight him because yeah. he'd be so convinced and they'd have to lose. It'd be so good. Yeah, I know. He was He, he would was- kill people. He was he wasn't in it last year, which they yeah. used as a storyline. But I think he'll be in it this year because he's the never champion. Yeah, so that makes sense. Uh, um, Shingo, he's not in the LIJ lineup. Right, I forgot. I was trying to think of who was the heavyweight from LIJ that I could not remember. Yep. Um, let's there see. There you go. Uh, your your boy from Chaos. Yeah, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Let's play Tai Chi. Um. Who's my boy from Chaos? Let's name one more person so they can be 13. Um, I'm going to say Zack Sabre Jr. Yep. That's and you me. tell me, Jer, who's got the butterfly lock? Oh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Yoshiashi. There we go. <laughs> You're literally the only person I know who likes him. Really? Yes! I read a long thing about how he's like... His, like, struggles are actually, like, inspiring. Um, Did he write it? <laughs> no, some, like, long, like, philosophy major uh, inspired fucking wrestling site that I read sometimes. Are you sure it wasn't a pen name? Uh, I don't know. I would not trust him to type in English without having double the amount of typos. <laughs> Can you imagine the first draft and every other sentence is get back up? <laughs> <laughs> That's why inspiring because he always gets back up. <laughs> then he gets dropped again. The thing is, like Ric Flair is great because he got he he got back up every time he lost the world title, but he also won sometimes. Yoshiashi wins sometimes. He's uh... he did win his first title this year. Yeah. How and long has he been only... wrestling? Yeah, it's only upwards from here, in my opinion. That okay. <laughs> If he loses it, he his bottom's found. But you know what? He could always come back. Yeah. Uh, we got... Let's see. We've got 14 now. Okay. And... Um, let's round out Suzuki-Goon then. Um, or, or we might have, actually, because yeah. fucking Archer and Davy Boy aren't there anymore. Right. Yeah, we put in all the uh, heavyweights from Suzuki-Goon. Moxley. 
Do you think they'll get Moxley for a whole month though with AEW? No. no. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I would not put Moxley in there. And if that's the case, probably not Archer, which is a loss for me. But yeah, I know. at I least would, in New Japan, I would um, love Archer there. But yeah, Show. Oh yeah, Show would be yeah. Uh, I think Yo's hurt. They don't have anything else for him to do. Yeah, the the juniors aren't going to have anything for a month unless I mean they could possibly do a shortened version of the um, super not super Jacob. The what's the junior one that's like a G one? Uh, um, super Jacob. Yeah. The, no, I think that's the that's the elimination tournament, isn't it? Best of the Super Juniors. Yeah, yeah, best Super Juniors. They could do a, a shortened one of those in the fall. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. It's fucking it all, you know, anything's a possibility. They might get rid of Tag League, which honestly might be good for Tag League. I I'm, I agree. Because, um, like, half of the Tag League roster is usually, like... Thrown together singles. Yeah, throwing together singles people and, like, imported people from other yeah. countries. So... Yeah. Um, so... Borrowing from the grandpa division, do you think they pull Nagata back out because they need him? Probably. Cool. I Nagata. Like, yeah. Do you, Nagata. I think, it, 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 yeah, we can basically make a list based on assuming nobody can come in. Yeah, I know. It's, I mean, yeah, the, their options are limited for people coming in, at least. Um, know, especially with like AEW being full swing now compared yeah. to last year. Uh, they can't just bring in like Lance Archer for a month, probably. Yeah, I mean, you could put him next to Evil, uh, Tokyo Pen. Oh, yeah. You know what? Yujiro, for sure. I think Yujiro's, them back up. I think Yujiro's more likely than Hiromu out of the yeah. two Takashis. Yeah, Hiromu is basically, he's there with, like, a foot, uh, an asterisk. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take Hiromu <laughs> off just because... Um, it's less likely. Like, yeah. But we're guessing. And we'll yeah. see. I'm sure that they'll announce them by like in within two weeks certainly well, they kind of have to with the september 19th start date yeah. so we will see yes yeah, so uh, oh you know go ahead oh good sorry no you go ahead i was gonna say i was gonna wrap up our new japan segment and move on to uh the next show on our list SummerSlam. oh um, i was just gonna say uh Tana tanahashi and abushi because we didn't oh yeah you're right they're okay so i would think because they're not in a faction, so yeah. it's hard. I would put them on over show Nagata. Nagata, yeah. Yeah. Does that's that give a, us 14? That gives us like 16, yeah. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Tana and Bushi. Yeah, it's a fair guess at who might be. I'm sure maybe we'll, maybe like one person might not make it in with like, like someone else. Uh, no, I'm thinking like someone else will come in like from out of the country, like uh, Jeff Cobb or something like that. Osprey's not in the country though. I know. I mean, I mean, like, they'll import other people from. Okay. Yeah, like including Osprey, but also yeah. like Jeff Cobb or something like that. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, New Japan Summer Struggle. Uh, well worth it. We both enjoyed what we saw of it. Check out both. the whole thing. Yeah. That uh, is Water Park, and oh, actually, no shit. That's Bouncy House, not Water Park. What? That's our that's our rating system. Oh Don't yeah, right. Fucking yeah. ask me that question like I'm. <laughs> I know I'm. <laughs> Anyway, you're right. You're right. I forgot. I forgot. Fuck you. We no, we haven't done the rating system in forever. That's fair. You just fucking hung me out to dry because you. Oh, fuck I you. I forgot. I'm sorry. Goddamn heel turns. <laughs> All right. So now um, I watched the entirety of WWE SummerSlam. Yep. Um, and you watch highlights. Yes. And pull up a just a WWE. What? Why are you not typing? <laughs> it doesn't want me. 
to show you WWE SummerSlam 2020. So intrepid listeners, what you don't see behind the scenes is that uh, Jer works very hard on a Michigan J Frog impression where he goes, WWE, and now uh, <laughs> you get to hear it. I'm just pulling up one image for this one, because why? Yeah. <laughs> and, hey, free advertising. <laughs> Go away. So they're right. Uh, if you take out the word coming, uh, they were totally right about me. <laughs> they did, yeah. They called it. Uh, honestly, good show. I think the best way to watch WWE is to check in once every quarter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Because then you're like you're you're really trusting their ability to summarize things that happened. Yeah, you're not like there's no uh, cognitive dissonance between like, but I saw this thing happen and it made me feel this way, but you're saying it made me feel this way. So, uh-huh. I think you're very apt in saying that you have to check in once a quarter because and this is how much I hate U.S. capitalism. The WWE gives you quarterly performance reports in the form of WrestleMania, <laughs> SummerSlam, Survivor Series, and the Royal Rumble. Three out of four are always very good. One of them is the only night of the year that SmackDown <laughs> and Raw compete head-to-head, but sometimes NXT. Yes. It's like the, it's like the why of the vowels. Um, no, it's like the why of fucking existence. Why is this happening? Yeah. No, I'm fine with that. Uh, but... No, really good show. They kept it to a reasonable number of matches. Yeah. Um, Orton versus McIntyre was probably the best Randy Orton match I've seen in years. Uh, it definitely gets a recommendation. The rest of it, yeah, fine. I don't know. Did you have strong feelings about The Fiend beating Braun Strowman? Not particularly. Uh, I mean, I'm happy that Braun's not the champion anymore because he was kind of a boring champion as his character exists right now. Yeah. Um. Mixed feelings because they definitely built up Alexa Bliss as some kind of factor in that feud, and then she just didn't show up at all. But on the other hand, Roman Reigns came back as a surprise, and that was an amazing return for him. Uh, I've got to be pretty hyped. I think Roman Reigns has been strongest booked in the last few years because of his health issues, and it honestly echoes things that used to be really important in the 90s and early aughts, where guys needed to go away for a while for their returns to mean a lot. Yeah, and definitely. He he has that benefit, but also they had a dimension of being a patient with leukemia. So every so often he can't wrestle. Yeah. And every time he does come back, it is inspiring. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's uh it's well this time it was like I, he's been pretty open in interviews about it. he he went away not for his health because he just had some like twin newborns. So he was like out for, you know, that while COVID was supposedly at his strongest. It's technically probably still on the upward swing, but you know, uh he yeah. came back now and he looks great. He he's got a little bit more of an edge to his character. Yeah. It's exciting. I can't watch it cuz I don't have USA and yeah. it doesn't really break my heart that I can't watch it, but no. I was very happy to see him back and like uh screaming shit at Bray Wyatt and uh Braun Strowman. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to say this because I I just it's it continually is important to me to set perspective as far as the WWE goes. Mm-hmm. This is not to diminish Roman Reigns's character. I think that he recognized at the beginning of the pandemic when trainees and other people who were in the building and staff were going out to bars and weren't social distancing or wearing masks, yeah. he might get sick. 
Right. So I think that the smart PR move is to say that he wanted to be home with his family because it's valid. Right. But I think that also what he doesn't have to say, but was also true, is that he was worried he would get sick. I think he also did say that he didn't fully trust, like, the roster to obey the rules. They didn't. And yeah, the, they, like, yeah, he's right. Caleb, Caleb Braxton said she got it twice, which, holy shit. Yeah. It's enough to get it once. It's it's bad enough that Renee Young got it. John Loxley got pulled from AEW for two weeks mm-hmm. and it fucked their booking up. It's worse that they could have they could have killed people. They're right. lucky they didn't. Yeah, they're they're extremely lucky that um, say a Ric Flair didn't catch it in the weeks upon weeks upon weeks that he was on camera. You're right over there um, because that would have been devastating for everybody. Yeah, um, and they would have been guilty of it. They never would have accepted responsibility, but that no. would have been one of the biggest turning points in pandemic wrestling and people not being well, certain people, not everyone, certainly, but people not being willing to turn back in if they killed Ric Flair. Yeah. Yeah. It would be, um, it would be a hard one to overcome, but yeah. they've overcome the odds before. Shut up. <laughs> You're not John Cena. You're not Roman Reigns, but the wrestle done does get back up. Yes. We are the Yogi Hashi of professional wrestling podcast. Uh, we can make that a tagline. Um, once I once I make our intro video, I'm adding a Yoshihashi frame in there. Um, make it a Yoshihashi border. Yeah, I'll just make a zoom over over on his face. Uh, <laughs> um, All right, I like him now. Yeah, I think this. But yeah, SummerSlam it gets a moderate recommendation if you're invested in WWE at all. Oh, I we never talked about the women's matches, which yeah. were both great. Yep. Uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey each had matches against Oscar. Um, they were, I mean, you can't go wrong with any combination of those three wrestlers. So they were very good matches, even though they were definitely more about driving a wedge between Bailey and Sasha Banks' friendship. This is exactly what I was talking about earlier with the difference between New Japan and WWE. Mm -hmm. The matches are excellent. They always are between Sasha and Asuka and Bailey and Asuka. You're a thousand percent on that you could have put this together as a handicap match, a triple threat match, singles matches, which is what they did. You're never going to be disappointed with the quality of the match, but we're waiting for the endings. Yep. Yes, exactly. And there's a little bit of a, it's like, it's like when you're playing a video game and then yep. you, you're like fighting a boss and you're like way into it. And then there's like, it stops and there's like a cutscene. Yes. That's the, that's exactly how WWE treats its matches. And I mean, that's fine, but it was a little awkward because like the, the story was that Asuka, um, hit Sasha Banks with a hip attack. Yeah, she tried to help Bailey out, but then Bailey would not take the same attack during Sasha's match. Yeah, and it's a little complicated. I I don't think logistically it tracks in terms of like, uh, it really made a difference in the match and yeah. helped Sasha lose the title, or whatever. But yeah, you know, and they're, they're sorry, pushing, go ahead. Yeah, they're just you know they're pushing forward with this storyline. Hopefully, it crescendos around WrestleMania. Yeah, we get Sasha versus Bailey then. I don't know. I, I think you're right. I think that this is this does effectively further the emotional storyline between Sasha and Bailey. But what I'm worried about or nervous about, and it, it may just be worry for nothing because they might keep Sasha's right in between, is that she's the more sympathetic between her and Bailey. And Bailey's just getting started in for the first time in the Bailey character's career being a heel and a good one. Yeah. But she's best when she's a baby face. That's where um, we've seen her at her best live. Mm-hmm. I think that she has the potential to continue developing as a heel. And I think logically the person to turn is Sasha based on how they've booked it. 
But Sasha doesn't work as well as a face. Yeah, it's I think Sasha's going to wind up being the face. Yeah. Um, because Bailey's being selfish, and I think I, uh, as our friend Ben said, I like the idea of a storyline where Sasha's created this monster that she can't control anymore. Yeah. Which is I think where they're going, um, based on how things are playing out. And yeah, I do. I do have faith in Sasha as a face and Bailey as a heel if they don't change it too much. If they just keep their characters the same, but Sasha's just mad at Bailey and vice versa, and Bailey's being a chicken shit and yeah. not giving her a title match based on animosity or whatever. Yeah, I what I'm curious to see is how well Sasha is able to express her frustration and get the crowd behind her because she's frustrated, similar to how Bailey did that for their takeover match. Yeah. Because that match was so good on top of the fact that they're they're very good talented contemporary women's wrestlers mm. but there was so much emotionally invested in it because bailey broke her arm when the four horsemen got called up and so she had to stay in nxt yep. or they just may have wanted to keep her down there for longer and didn't feel like she was like tv ready yep but like sasha and charlotte and becky went up first and bailey came close a bunch of times to winning the title but never won the big one and Sasha had already been called up to TV as the champion, so she had more going for her, more confidence, had accomplished more, seemed like she was more important, and then Bailey beat her. I think she was I think Bailey was the champion when they got called up. Are you no. sure about that? So Sasha got called up first. It was uh Becky and Charlotte teamed up with Paige. Sasha got paired up with Naomi and Tamina. Let's see. I'm like ninety percent sure she just came back for the she was gone. The rematch? Yeah. You, I think you're right about the timing, but it's such for me. It's such a small blip. Yeah. That like you're we're, we're talking about the difference of like two months. Right. So if she do, debuted July fifteenth. Okay, so uh, you were right. It was barely, barely yeah. overlapping. Yeah, you're right. That and that's what I mean is that like Sasha as a heel could hold that over Bailey. That not only is she deserving of being the NXT champion because she's so dominant, which she was a chicken shit even though she was also very good and she had like that classic match with Becky Lynch and other people. Yep. But she could also hold it over Bailey, who used to be a very good friend of hers, who she turned on to join um, the, the NXT version of Pretty Mean Sisters, which sucks because Pretty Mean Sisters sucks. But um, when she was part of like the Summer Rae Charlotte faction. Yeah. Um, so she had all of that momentum on top of being yet another person that betrayed Bailey and Bailey had no friends left. Yep. She had to win. It was right. the time to win. And not only was that match incredible, it completely overshadowed a fucking ladder match between Kevin Owens and Demon Finn Balor. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah. now they have a chance to do that in reverse. Right. I don't know if they will. I think they're just as characters in different places than they were in NXT. Yeah. They the are. Point where you can't really do it in reverse, but you can do it. It's own thing that's amazing. And I kind of yeah. have faith in them. I'm... I have faith in Bailey and Sasha Banks to figure it out uh, more than I have for the writing to, you know, work out that way. Yeah, but, they'll they'll figure it out in a, in a way that I, I'm not fully predicting because I, I don't watch TV um, as far as Ron Smackdown every week. So I'm sure that there's certain writing cues and character cues that they're putting out there for people to pay attention to. But like mm -hmm. you said, if you check in with the results every quarter or even every month, you you know the... You know the beats. You don't necessarily have heard the song. Yep. Or every week, because they got the payback pay-per-view tonight. I'm, I'm not watching. Uh, but I, I legitimately didn't know they had a pay-per-view tonight. Yep, they're doing one one week after. Uh, <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you don't have to worry about filling an arena, what, then you have an arena on retainer, I guess. 
Oh, why not? None of it matters. Like, it doesn't feel like any of it matters. I feel like maybe they planned on having SummerSlam being a two-night affair. Probably. Or then they just fucked up and, like, were like, oh, once every week. It, which is fine. It, it hasn't really been enough time for more feuds, though. It's only been a week. Um, They've got, like, stuff that's that didn't make it to SummerSlam. Like, uh, the tag, the women's tag titles are going to be on there. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, Matt Riddle versus King Corbin is on there. Oh. Uh, they set up uh, Reigns versus Bray versus Braun yeah. uh, at SummerSlam, so that didn't need any time to cook up. I mean, that that I want to see, but I want to, I want there to be more time for that. I mean, yeah. as somebody who likes, like, Smash Mouth matches and main events, I, that's going to be fun for, like, watching the highlights of, but... Like, Reigns' story is simple. He just came back. Yep. I would have loved to have seen them written things for Strowman in terms of, like, his transformation from, like, really strong head on his shoulders to manipulated sociopathic violence monster. Yeah. Because he just lost the fiend who makes people revert. Yep, and then he just kind of came back mean. Yeah, which, I mean, that might be, as far as his emotional range as an actor, this, this might be the best Strowman can do, and that's fine. Yep. Um, but I always love what Wyatt has the chance to do when he's the fiend mm. and we're not really going to get anything aside from I won the title and I just got beat up. Yeah. Well, we'll see what they, uh, yeah. They get SmackDown to build it. But no, that, no, it's tonight. Fuck. Yeah. They had, they had a, a raw and a SmackDown. They had some, you know, uh, mid card titles are on there, which didn't make it on SummerSlam. Yeah. Uh, Keith Lee versus Randy Orton. Like they just, it was a quick setup. That'll be uh, good. Yeah, I think that'll be great with if Orin's been uh, as Orin's been clamoring to work with NXT guys. So I think he's he, going to come in that motivated. Yes. So this is where I actually am grateful for Twitter for like the shoot kayfabe ambiguity because I genuinely think that Orton didn't respect Champa before that exchange yeah. that they had about like Champa's the locker room leader for NXT. Orton said he's the locker room leader for the WWE. Which holy shit, are you delusional, my friend? <laughs> he but, might be at this point. He's the most tenured guy. I, I think you're right, but it's very difficult to believe Seth Rollins sitting down and being quiet in any room. That's and, true. Yeah. And it's also hard to imagine when he's around that Roman Reigns doesn't try to lead. And Kevin Owens is the reason they're doing more testing. Right, but I don't know if that like really translates to him being, you know, a locker room wrestler. leader. Wrestlers are weird. They're you know very into tenure and whatever. Oh my so. god, they love Tamina. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah. So. More than to your to your point, the Keith Lee and Randy Orton match—it's happening tonight, and it'll be good. Yeah, and it, yeah, so it's like a, me- a mismatch of like sort of rematches and you know whatever. So they didn't need too much time. I'm not too—it's it's weird, but I'm not too bummed out that they're doing a pay per view so soon, considering the circumstances that we're all living under right now. And the thing is, these quick turnaround pay per views are exactly the reason why you invest in not just the mid cards for the mid card titles, but the tag teams. The, yep. Like, the Street Profits are tag champions. I have no idea who should face them. I think it's Andrade and Garza, based on how they've been booking things. Uh, they face them uh, in SummerSlam. So, yeah. the Street Profits probably aren't even wrestling then. The nope. Viking Raiders aren't doing anything, except for, weirdly, one of them is hot to women because he's ugly. Yep, I'm looking through this. Uh, yeah, I think the only tag match is the women's tag match, and I'm fine with that. I uh, mean, but... Uh, it, it's... It's painful for me as a fan to know that Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro are the SmackDown tag champs and they're not fighting yeah. anybody. Why? I know. That's weird. They, like, their roster's too packed. 
they gave a fucking storyline opportunity, like slotted writing thing for the fucking breakdown of the Lucha House Party, but we're not going to get Shinsuke and Cesaro more? I don't know. I don't know what they're... I'm, I'm not watching enough to know what they're doing because I'm you know, watching whatever else. Speaking yeah. of which, we both watched Impact things this week. Yep. Um, let's see. I'm going to bring up a new Impact Slammiversary 2020. So yep. you went with Slammiversary 2020. I just went with the most recent episode of their you know, Impact Wrestling weekly show. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's look at the... the... You yeah. want to do the, pull up the results or just have an image? Just just the results, because okay. honestly, I didn't watch it start to finish because they they just have a lot of guys that I'm not either fans of or like hugely familiar with. Like, I respect the spot on the card that Moose and Madman Fulton have, but I don't want to watch them wrestle. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I feel like we can get something a little bit more visually dynamic. No, don't close. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> my hubris. You understand you just booked your browser like the WWE, right? <laughs> like, we, you were doing excellent navigating, and then the finish just came out of nowhere. <laughs> oh. No one's happy. What are you oh. doing? All of my criticisms, I take them back. It's you so understand fuck up. I could book your browser better than you, man. <laughs> like, I could make a podcast about it. No, I couldn't. I would, oh, God, why would I want to? Because of the pandemic. There you go. Yeah. I can find the results. Maybe Forbes. Huh. Forbes. Forbes still yeah. has excellent wrestling coverage. Alfred yeah. Konawad doing fucking God's work. All right, it's a, it's gonna be hard to find one that's like visually appealing. Let's just yeah. I didn't watch Slammiversary. I just went with their show. How was Slammiversary? I've heard it was a good show. It was a good show. You heard exactly right, and that's the thing that I keep being frustrated about with smaller companies is that I want them to stop putting on good shows and I want them to start putting on shows that make fans who aren't me watch. Yeah. Um, because that's the only way that the WWE changes is when they have to. Mm-hmm. Um, start, yeah, top to bottom, Eddie Edwards should have and did win the world title. Um, it was vacant thanks to, uh, uh, what's her name? Tessa Blanchard. Tessa Blanchard uh, quitting on them. Yep. Um, I, I, I'm not familiar with Trey. I like Ace Austin a lot. I think he's probably their Seth Rollins. I think he has a ton of upward potential, and he doesn't re- look or wrestle like most people. Yeah. Eric Young was a surprise return, and I feel like they had another surprise who they didn't list in, in there. I know they did. Um, uh, in the Oh, in the title match? Yeah. Yeah, because they, they added Eric Young and somebody else last minute. But um, EC3 came out at the very, very end. That's Actually, no, he comes out at the end of the next one. Um, Moose beat Tommy Dreamer. I, I don't want to watch Tommy Dreamer wrestle anymore. No, I, yeah. I I like it when on like streams and Twitch I'll find impact matches I haven't seen because he like reignited his feud with Raven way after one night stand in uh the WWE CW and it was okay. Yep. But he should never be even able to step in a ring with a dude like Moose who just devoured him. Yeah, he um Tommy Dreamer's had like interviews where he talks about having like concussion issues and like emotional problems like as a result of that and it's like super uncomfortable to see him doing actual wrestling yeah at this point i i don't want to see him wrestle i love him as a character he was the guy with a huge heart that basically was one of the big reasons ecw kept going and he did his thing in wwe and it's fine i just don't want to see him wrestle and then ec3 came out and that's more interesting um because he grabbed the tna world title that moose has been carrying around and like just mysteriously walked off with it. And EC3 is a great pickup for Impact. Yeah, he's uh, 
I should probably. He yeah. um was on. He did a promo on uh, their weekly show. Yeah, it was great. It was about yeah. how like the his uh his run at the top of the world heavyweight championship was like the time of his life, and like he can't let it go. So he has to destroy the title in order to get past that part of his life. Yep. And so he's coming for Moose, and he's going to try to destroy the title, I guess. And it's, like, it's very compelling stuff. It's compelling, and it's good booking, because Moose is a way t- more talented wrestler than he is a uh, stick guy. And mm-hmm. EC3 is an excellent stick guy who is just – he's very goofy when he wrestles. Um, I i thought about a lot about this when he came to NXT to when he left. He didn't get a ton of chances to wrestle. But he is the face version of the Young Bucks when they're heels. Yeah. He's incredibly goofy, but very technically crisp. Yeah. So you can't take what he's doing seriously, but he's very good at doing it. Yeah. So I, I'll never buy him as a badass. I'll buy him as a egomaniac who does very goofy things better than anybody else. But that's not that doesn't make you tough. That just makes you crazy. Yeah. And I like him. as He's playing crazy, and I like it. Yeah. It works for me. Um, yeah, so we got like X Division Championship, Chris Bay won. Yeah. Um, oh, we're skipping the knockouts. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, Deanna Perrazzo beat Jordan Grace. Um, uh, good um, to see those two, two uh, WWR alumni. Yep. Like mixing it up on a national TV. Thing. Yeah. Um, I think that this was the first chance Perrazzo's had after it. I think it is. I don't think it's any grand statement. She, this is the first chance to showcase her off as the Virtuosas mm-hmm. after not getting a chance yet in WWE or NXT, she didn't want to wait her turn, which, I mean, I think you could argue she was right to do that. Yeah. Um, it's good that she's getting, like, the chance to shine. Uh, the main event for Impact Emergence Night 2, which I watched, was a rematch between Jordan Grace and Perrazzo. Yeah. And uh, it was a 30-minute Iron Man match. Yep. Uh, yep. It was good stuff. Not, like, great. No. I think um, the Jordan, yep. people say that Impact's, like, not must watch yep. but they turn in solid work every week yeah i felt like that was you know pretty emblematic of this uh, iron man match but i think that they're very capable of doing a lot of great uh, wrestling that statement encapsulizes exactly why any company in professional wrestling or entertainment maintains their audience but doesn't grow it yeah they do good stuff all the times that you would expect but nothing that you're not expecting well enough to get new people to watch yeah and i mean impact at a disadvantage with their weird tv deal and yeah primarily being on Twitch. I mean, that's where we're at in 2020. And I mean, even if it weren't the pandemic, they're legitimately at a point as a company where they don't have enough capital to broadcast broadly beyond Twitch. Yeah. They've made tons of it. it, We don't, I don't want to get into why they're the size they are right now, but that's why. Yeah. I mean, it's fair that they are. It's just like, I think their biggest problem is that the brand is like tainted yeah, like you can get your hopes so high and then dash them so many times before people are like, okay, I'm cautiously into this right now. Right. But at any time, your entire roster can get wiped out, yeah. and you'll have to start fresh. Yep. Which is kind of what happened when Matt Hardy left, yeah. and like quickly after that, like EC3 and uh, Bobby Lashley also left, and that's what, like the last time I was watching Impact regularly. Yeah, they raided a lot of them. Yeah, but I will say uh, I did enjoy the show that I watched uh, in part because. Like, there's a lot of shows within the show that they're doing now. Have yeah. you heard of Wrestle House? Nope. Okay. Uh, Wrestle House is... It sounds delightful. Uh, it is... I mean, WWE tried to do this with the... Um, <laughs> it's basically Big Brother, but with wrestlers. Oh, and Susie's one of the wrestlers. Hell yeah. And uh, Smiley Kylie. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the episode I watched, uh, they had a toga party. Uh, there was intrigue and potential romance. It was, it was weird. It, the entirety of the Impact Wrestling show I watched was like if Adult Swim were to produce a wrestling show, mm-hmm. and then it was just weird bullshit for the whole time. And then the episode I watched would be like week four, where the wrestlers would be like, "Listen, we can do a lot of weird bullshit, but there's got to be some wrestling sometime." And that's about where the balance feels for me now. What if? Kenta started dating the cameraman instead of just talking about it. I mean, I would watch that too. Uh, but yeah, they're doing they're doing some weird shit to like yeah. you know they don't have audi- they don't have an audience in the arena, so you get like a thirty minute Iron Man match that's yeah. fine but not extraordinary, and then you get something like Wrestle House, which is very memorable and weird, and like it has Tommy Dreamer yelling uh, "Fight time!" whenever they have to uh, solve a house problem via wrestling match. Uh, I like that. Yeah. It's a very silly. It's very silly, very good. Um, Who was it? I think it was uh, one of their commentators had like her own talk show uh, where she, within the show, uh, outside Wrestle House, but within Impact Wrestling. And and she talked to a tag team and they talked about getting high and offered to smoke her up and she was like, absolutely not. The rascals, yep. Yeah. Yep, it was a it was just, it's just like a bunch of fun little uh, wrestling skits. Yeah. Um, for that's two all hours. That, yeah. I mean, that's absolutely what, com- what every entertainment company can kind of build a reputation off of doing right now is do something different that people want to tune into because it's so hard to get people to do that right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, honestly, if they were to get a deal with Adult Swim and just air impact at like, in the regular time zone on the regular channel, but if they were to do it on Adult Swim at like three in the morning, they would probably get a good following that yeah. way. That's that's um, not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, just from the way their shows are now. Yeah. Uh, do I move on to old WCW Nitros? Uh, yeah, they're great and people should watch them. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know um, there's much more to add. <laughs> honestly, like the narrative, the thing I miss about them watching them compared to wrestling now is just mm-hmm. that they actually do tell the stories week over week and they don't insult your intelligence by saying that things didn't happen. They actively show replays because in the age of appointment television, you they had to remind you because the internet wasn't as strong. So yeah. you, didn't ha- you had to buy tapes and DVDs to know what happened or buy magazines. So it made more sense for them to remind you what happened versus try to tell you what didn't. Right. I agree. So what uh, you're was the Twitch stream you were watching like on right now? Yeah, so the stream, if, for anybody who wants to support it, because they are uh, donor-based, is Legend X Killer. If you want to do a search on Twitch, um, uh, it's all one word, yeah, just like that. So, um, and it's completely no pressure. You pop in every so often, a bot or the moderator himself is just like, yeah, I'd love to stream all the time, just throw me some cash, which I, I don't know exactly how Twitch works that way, because it's old content he doesn't own but yeah, that seems shady but you know anyway who, who I, you're robbing you're robbing walmart basically yeah fuck vince mcmahon so um yeah basically it's just a lot of fun at any given time on a weekday when i'm usually doing my work um i can pop into the stream pick it up wherever other wrestling fans who just are similar in age otherwise why are they watching it or maybe they're just discovering it for the first time so like recently i watched ddp get beat 
or excuse me, beat Sting to retain the world title on a fucking Nitro, and then Jeff Jarrett hit him over the head with a guitar. Like, we're at that point. Yeah. But in the weeks prior, I was watching, like, Kevin Nash was building up to beating Goldberg for the first time, and Scott Hall's allegiance was hazy on which part of the NWO. Stevie Ray had lost the, the TV title for Booker T, and Booker T was like, why the fuck? I was hurt. <laughs> Why are you in the NWO too? And CB Ray's like, nah, brother, we gotta get back together. Reform Hall and Heat. Yeah. And WWE was great shit at the at its prime. Everyone had something to do. It's been said a million times that like one of Vince Russo's strengths was Crash TV. He kept so much going, but everyone had something that they were involved with, even if it wasn't great. It was there was it was specific. Was Russo? Oh, you're so you're in the Russo years now. Okay, cool. This is what no no no. This would have been happening in the WWF that oh, okay. Russo would have been in charge of creative. Okay. Yeah. So the WWF was so good because him and Vince were working together. They were giving everyone specific things to do. So WCW had to do the same thing. WCW oh, okay. was really good mimics. Yeah. On top of the fact that the wrestlers themselves were really creatively free, if, depending on if they had creative control or not, or they just had to be very creative. Like Jericho never had assurances that his ideas would air, but he did them anyway. Right. And that's part of what separated him from the cruiserweights and eventually the mid-card. Mm, definitely. They're, they definitely like had a very diverse base compared to WWF at the time. Yeah. So it's definitely worth going back to. And I've enjoyed watching Nitros. I haven't watched the Twitch stream that Dan has watched, but I've seen old Nitros and gone through a bunch of them. It's, they did good stuff. And it was like, even when they were a train wreck, which is when I was watching it week to week, yeah. uh, it was compelling. So yeah, I can't wait to get to that part, and I will tune into Twitch then. Oh God, I'll I'll let you know. But yeah, if if people just sign on to Twitch looking for wrestling, there's also dedicated streams for for the early aughts. So if you want to watch like SmackDown during the SmackDown Six, you can find it. Nice, nice, nice. Um, yeah, that was it's a good recommendation. We'll leave, leave that one up. Um, and then I watched the King of DDT Finals, uh, which fantastic tournament. Um, I'm finally getting. A let's see. Well, Tetsuendo did win it, so let me see if I can. Finally, getting a TJP tattoo on forehead. Yeah. To help branding. That's how we're gonna monetize the the Bristledown. Everybody is. We're gonna get tattoos of companies that we like. I hope so. Um, gotta check out the new tattoo sh- or not a new tattoo shop. New to me tattoo shop. Yeah, check out villainy.wtf for the progress on whether or not we're going to get tattoos. Is this the one from... No, that's not right. I'm trying to find a good picture. Go ahead and check out uh, archived episodes of The Geek Down and The Wrestle Down. Uh, read our bios because the artwork genuinely is excellent because me and Jared are uh, sexy beasts. Indeed. All right. Safari's not playing nice with me, but I will tell you this right now. DDT as a company gets a lot of reputation in America as like a comedy uh, promotion, but that's really just the undercard for them. And something like a King of DDT tournament, which is a, it's like a King of the Ring thing, an an elimination tournament. Uh, Oh boy, this is playing real weird. Okay, there we go. Uh, They, it really shows off how deep their roster is. Yeah. And like uh, their current champion. uh, Okay, let me back up. He looks. He looks like he's in. Sorry, he looks like he's in amazing shape with like two percent body fat. But his hair. Oh, his hair is dope. It's very Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, okay, in this single frame, he he looks very goofy. Yeah, um, I think 
So he's their current champion, and he went into this tournament as the champion with the goal of winning and then declaring his challenger for their biggest show of the year, um, Ultimate Party. Okay. And he said that he wants to challenge Kenny Omega. Wow. Yeah. Which That's fucking cool. Yeah, pre-COVID, very doable. Now, here's how his storyline played out in this tournament. He lost in the first round, Mm. but then got back in via a second chance battle royale for all the first round losers. Yeah. And then went on to win it. Nice. Um, he, he beat T-Hawk from, uh, you may remember from AEW. Yep. The finals. And OWE and all that. Yep. I, I would compare Tetsuya Endo to say a, an early Seth Rollins in the sense cool. that he's, is yeah, he's, he's a peak level physical condition guy who's very creative and maybe doesn't need to be quite as creative all the time. He does a little too much per match. Yeah, but he's very impressive, and I'm usually blown away by his matches. So it was fun to watch him win, get through some like tough opponents, and kind of get a lay of the land. I recommend this tournament as a way of just an intro to all the different characters and all the quirks and relationships, um, because it's it's tough when it's like with DDT specifically um, under their like corporate umbrella. There's DDT itself; uh, they own Noah. They own TJPW yep. and like at least another couple uh, wrestling promotions and yep. people come and go from all of them all over the time. Yep. So it's hard to get a grasp on who is who, yep. but like the King of DDT tournament and the TJPW uh, Princess Cup tournaments were great intros for both com- promotions. They're both worth uh, watching. Yeah. So um, I love the descriptions, all that, because I honestly, I'm not that familiar with TJPW, DDT, or NOAA, um, so it helps to know that they're all owned by the same um, kind of governing body or whatever. Before we move on, um, if we could go back to that image just really quickly. Yep. To somebody who's not a wrestling fan, it looks like that guy just won a million dollars for causing a power <laughs> outage. <laughs> and maybe he did. Um, I can't spoil everything in tournament for you. But... Okay. I'll, I'll have to see if the lights stay on. Um, but yeah, it, I think it helps to know when companies are involved with one another because I like the, the most valuable resource just kind of, in my opinion, as a wrestling fan in the pandemic era is time because you can make time for any company you want right now. There's very little reason to, there's very little that stops you from being able to watch anything you want, whenever you want. Yeah. So if you're gonna invest your time as a fan in anything, Fuck. Then yeah, it better be different. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he calls this move Animal Crossing New Horizons. Because he Damn. thought of it he thought of it during quarantine. Did he talk to Shingo? Because that's Last of the Dragon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but it has a better name. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Um so yeah, like if I'm gonna watch something new which, like, you and I have talked about offline how hard it is sometimes for wrestling fans to want to try something new. It's just easier to watch the things they don't like and complain about it. Yeah. Um, that if I'm going to check out TJPW or DDT or Noah, I want to, I, I, I want there to be specific matches and people to look for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there was a little... I will say that my biggest um, hurdle to get over with DDT and any of its sister and brother companies is the lack of English... Uh, commentary, yeah. yeah, commentary, and just general support. Like, there's a an, a DDT English uh, Twitter account that does like a live translation of every show, uh, but it does take you out of the match to have to like pause and like read 
or like read along with a promo that's happening in real time. Yeah. Um, that's, that was the biggest hump for me to get over yeah. as a fan, but I'm into it now and it's a very enjoyable uh, bunch of stuff. So I have a question for you. Yeah. You know how in certain movies and television shows, can you go back just real quick to that, oh, yeah. that image repeating? Um, do you know how sometimes the, uh, like whatever the narrative is, they'll purposely leave certain frames out so that you just, you can kind of assume in your mind's eye, like what happened next to get them back to get from A to B. Mm-hmm. If you showed this to a wrestling, fa- to a non-wrestling fan and just told them this was the match, <laughs> it would be an infinite loop <laughs> of Animal Crossing New Horizons and they wouldn't ways. know. In some ways, this is every Mayu Yotani match. Oh my God, Mayu! Like, yeah. I just the, the idea of that it struck me while you were talking about the English support. That just yeah. like some some people said that this is what uh, takes them out of new bu- like new bucks, young bucks, or like um, gorilla wrestling matches yeah. or wrestling gorilla. Yeah. That they just say like, oh, there's too many spamming of finishers and signatures. <laughs> what if you told them this was it? <laughs> I would say yay. <laughs> kicked out every time. <laughs> in the loop. It, the match is still going on, actually. I would feel so bad. They have to be so tired. <laughs> I don't know. They're young guys. Good cardio. This could have been you, El Desperado, and Kojima. <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> Probably with a finisher. <laughs> The longer it goes on, the funnier it gets for me. <laughs> okay, well, I'll keep it up for you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that is the end of the WrestleTown for this week. Do you have anything to add? Uh, yes. Um, if you have a similar sense of humor to me, which I hope you do if you're listening to me. Jesus Christ, if you don't. Um, yeah. If you want something that's similarly funny but much shorter than, you know, Infinity, you can um, look up a, a clip of, if, I want to say Emily Pratt um, gave me the heads up on this. She did. Because um, she loved how Dragon Gate USA booked uh, Shingo turn. Shingo was part of the BXB faction, yeah. And he turned on BXB Hulk. Can you can you tr- find that really quickly? I'll uh, I'll describe it in vague terms so that hopefully it's it's a fun surprise for you. Because have you seen it? Shingo turning yes. on BXB Hulk. And it was. Wonder if I can. Oh my god. Because um, I think it might just show the match, but the segment I'm thinking of is when the BXB faction chooses to enter and dance like a boy band. It's 50, yeah. It's 50 yeah. minutes long. I can't, uh, but if you search for Shingo, BXB Hulk, you can find it. Um, yeah. That like Shingo Tagagi, who we know, I, I'm most familiar with him as just like this barrel chested, gritty, tough badass who is equal parts speed and power for like a short compact frame. So to see him as this just like very rigid Bushido samurai spirited guy dance like a fucking boy band member and do it really well and then after he was just basically fed up with dancing turn on the leader of his faction and get help from the from another guy in the faction was fucking cool nice yeah i can't bring up i've seen the video i can't uh, bring up it like you know without spending an hour of our podcast doing it yeah uh, but well worth checking out and we've given you a lot of stuff to check out this week so yep. thanks for listening up to the wrestle down. Fireworks over the baseball stadium. Pew, 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 pew. He, he hit a home run in the bottom of the nine.
Yeah.